and welcome to the Guest Life Podcast, episode 24. Today we have the pleasure of uh, speaking with Stefan Grimaldi of uh, Crane Supply. He's the general manager down there. Um, you know, funny thing about Stefan is I've known him pretty much most of my life. He was always the GOAT when we were playing at Shadoka Reina. It's a humbling thing to have him on here. We're so grateful to have him. Um, again, guys, you know, coming into the podcast, we're talking about local talent from the Hamilton area. Um, you know, Stefan's born and raised here, ready to fire it up. So, uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. No, I, like I was saying, I know we had a chat earlier that like, I am actually a big fan of this show <laughs> and like, I watch all the episodes and, and I love that you're doing this honestly. And so pleasure to be here. Awesome. So we're going to get into it a little bit, guys. Um, you know, again, I know the background story. We actually do business together, um, which is fantastic. Uh, his business has been around the Hamilton area for forever, um, as, as long as I can go. So we're going to get a little bit into a deep dive of, of Stefan and, and how he's kind of excelled this business, taking it to a whole nother level and, and how he, you know, builds a team, motivates a team. And then, you know, just a little bit about him and his story. And, you know, we can reminisce a little bit about our, our hockey history and, uh, <laughs> and how my dad used to call him a gazelle on skates. Um, <laughs> well, that was the only thing I had. Brick hands, man. Brick hands. Yeah. But I could fly down the wing. It's amazing. So, Stefan, thanks for coming on board. No, absolutely. Um, pleasure. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about you and your position at Crane and, uh, and what it means to you. Oh man, uh, you know what? So I've, I've been at Crane, uh, it, this is like my ninth year, right? So I, I honestly started four days out of university, which is crazy when I think about it. So I started in May 2012, four days after I had graduated, finished my last exam at McMaster. And like to see my, you know, evolution, I guess, with Crane over the years, like it's, it's something I obviously always hoped for and dreamed of. Um, but to kind of it to become a reality was like really neat. Right. So to me, it's, you know, I think obviously as we'll spend more time together, you see like how passionate I am in the position and, and you're the same, right? We're yeah. passionate about what we do. We love what we do. So to me, you know, working at Crane is it's uh, it's not an eight to five. It's not a, you know, I got a job or, you know, you know, I, I drag through the weeks. If anything, like I, I'm exhilarated to get up in the mornings and, and get it fired up. Right. So I absolutely love it. And I would have never, ever thought that, the, you know, the plumbing wholesale distribution business would be something I'd be excited about. But um, I absolutely love it. And, and uh, I wouldn't want it any other way. So tell, uh, tell the viewers a little bit about your current position with Crane. And then also that four days after university, where'd you start with Crane? Yeah, so um, so my current position is general manager of Ontario. So we're a national company. We have uh, five regions across Canada, uh, you know, wow. and they're obviously the select provinces. So I look after our Ontario region. Uh, we have, you know, uh, you know, West, Midwest, um, you know, Ontario, Eastern and Atlantic. So I'm responsible for our Ontario region and all the branches within it. Um, you know, how I kind of came to, I essentially came up through like a, you know, a, a sales career path, right? I started in uh, inside sales representative position. This was like fresh out of university. Um, you know, did that for about a year in change and then actually had an opportunity to do like outside sales. We call it outside sales representative um, in kind of a London Windsor market. So I went out there for about three years, uh, you know, commuted from Hamilton. Really? Yeah. Holy. So, yeah. So my sister still actually has my car and I'm not <laughs> even kidding you. So I, I had a, um, a Hyundai accent. No, those like new Hyundai accents, like 2014 or whatever. I put like 220,000 kilometers on this thing in like two, three years. Come on. Like it was crazy how much driving <laughs> I was doing. But anyway, so I did that for three years. I loved it. That was more of a customer facing role. Um, you know, I, I feel like I obviously did, you know, a decent job. And then, uh, then I made my way back to Toronto, right. In, in more of a managerial position. And, and in 20, I think it was 2016, cause this is my fifth year now in this position. I took the general manager position. 
Wow. at Crane. So, so I've been doing this job for the, actually the longest of my tenure at Crane. And sometimes I think about that, I say, my gosh, because I still remember, you know, what the day to day was like in these other positions. And, um, you know, so I've, I've been in this role now coming up to five years in September and, uh, Holy. it's, it's, yeah. So it was, I was 20, I think I was about 26 at the time when I took the job. Right. And, and green as heck, but, um, you know what I, I, it was, uh, it's been a ride. It's been a ride. I've learned a ton. And how, I mean, you must've been the youngest across the board for being in that position. Yeah, I you know I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm I'm pretty confident I was probably the youngest ever to do the position. And, yeah. And uh, but the only reason reason I was ever able to really excel was because like I had an unbelievable mentor. Right? Yeah. Who who listen? You know I'm not gonna lie. I was 26 years old trying to figure it out, and uh, you know I had you know a mentor who really believed in me and and still does, and you know supporting people who have been fantastic to me. So I, wow. I was really fortunate that way that like I had a lot of people just rally rally behind me and and. Um, you know, it's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. That's amazing. Is your mentor in the business or outside he's the business? He's the president. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. He's the president, Tom Fraser. Yeah, he's, he's uh, I can't say enough good things about him, honestly. He's a, he's a wizard of the industry. He's an unbelievable human being. Um, I've learned, like, everything from him. And, wow. and also just applied my own, you know, own skills and knowledge to, to kind of his expertise. And and so he's still a president today. So, you know, 35 plus years in, in counting and, and Crane uh, is is um, is where it is because of him, really, to be honest. So I have that kind of luxury to have that relationship with him, which has been awesome. That's amazing. And, uh, you know, you talk about mentorship and coming up through and, and you know, obviously 26 to be a general manager of Ontario is obviously a big role. Um, what do you think some of the attributes, you know, obviously, again, we'll get into the hockey later, but um, what are some of the attributes that you think got you to that ability to have that position, get that tap on the shoulder and see kind of, you know, working in a large corporation, how do you excel in such a short amount of time? I, th I think, you know, just like anyone, you know, and if you, you look at their stories, I think it's a combination of skill and luck, honestly. I think, you know, you obviously have to have the skills um, in, in order to excel in, in various positions, right? And, and you know, I kind of took an accelerated route through the organization. But, you know, I, I never feared that I didn't have the capabilities, that I, I knew in my heart that, you uh, that I could do these things. And, and I always wanted to be in these positions. I always wanted to do something where I feel I could make a difference. And so these are the roles I wanted to be in. So it wasn't a skill thing I was ever fearful of. It's any, it's just actually experience, right? Sometimes, you know, I think I understand it now that like, you don't know how to do things until you've actually gone through them, right? So, you know, I've had, I've, you know, learned a lot throughout the years, um, you know, to, to, you know, kind of where, to get where I am today. But in terms of then the luck component, like the reality is you need someone to tap you on the shoulder or you maybe need a little bit of good fortune along the way to, to grasp an opportunity. So I think it's a combination of that, to be honest with you, that's kind of, you know, what, what got me into that role. And I think what's made me excel in it. Yeah. I find it interesting when it, you know, I don't like the word luck, just, you know, I, I always say that, you know, the hard work and preparation pays off and it, you know, sometimes it gets seen as luck. Um, but I think it's interesting to talk about kind of the, the dimension of, you know, working your way up the ranks, but also visualization in terms of, you know, I've been doing a lot of visualization lately, which if you talked to me a couple of years ago, I would have said relax, but, you know, <laughs> take it easy. But when you can see yourself in that position, whether yeah. it's, you know, buying a home or starting a business and you can see yourself in that room um, and then you start accelerating what that room looks like, yeah. what room do you want to look like? What room do you want to be in? What, how do you want to walk into that room? And, and how do you want to carry yourself when you're in the room? Um, and, and visualization, like you said, is, is, is a huge part of getting to that next level. Um, and I find for a lot of people, it's how do I see myself now and who do I want to become? No, I'm with you 100%. You, you have to have like, 
like I, I'm not a big fan of these like you know these words that are a little bit gray. It's like oh I I could or I should. It's like no I'm going to. Yeah. Like it's that it's like no no I'm not like I I might be able to, no I'm gonna do it. Like it's kind of like that will say no no I'm gonna get it done. I'm gonna achieve it. You know I'm gonna be certain that this is gonna happen to me. And you're like manifesting it a little bit. Yeah. And I think those around you when you start saying these strong words like will and can, they start saying will and can, and then it's amazing what can really transpire. Yeah. So does that make sense? Right. It's like, yeah, it's, 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 like, it's yeah, the it's, same kind of thing. It's, it's just like, you know, really, you know, really feel that you can do it really under, cause if honestly, if you don't think you can do it, you're not going to do it. Totally. If you doubt yourself, you're just not going to do it. Yeah. Like it's normal to have doubt, but you need to be able to force yourself into that uncomfortable space to say, no, no I know I can do it. Yeah. I know I'm going to achieve it. And, and that breeds confidence. And then, and as you see that success or as you see that, um, you know, you see that you accomplish things, you, you gain momentum. Totally. And the, the difference I find, you know, I never really understood how much power words had, um, but they have a ton. And, uh, you know, the big difference for me was, you know, getting into different areas of business and, and life is, is it's okay to have fear. It's not okay to have doubt. Not that it's not okay, but it's not a good thing to have doubt. Don't doubt yourself, but have fear in that that's going to be hard or that's going to be challenging or, Oh shit, I got to study or learn a lot, or I got to, you know, go through some very challenging conversations or situations. Um, and, and I think, you know, to your point of the, you know, saying I do and I will, um, is a lot more, there's a lot more strength behind that to manifest what you're going to become. And listen, I can ask you this, like, I'm sure you've failed, oh, right? Gosh. I've, I've, I can't even tell you how many times I failed, but we have to embrace it. Yeah. Like actually welcome it. Yeah. Like welcome failing. Because your best self will come out of it after. Totally. Seriously. Yeah. And, and what I love about failure is, is that you already know that you went to some form of uncomfortable space. Mm -hmm. you've, you've, you've positioned or pivoted to something that maybe you're not great at or something, you know, into a space where you know where you need to go. And maybe you failed the first, the second, the third, whatever the amount of times, but then eventually you prevailed. For sure. You know, and, and so I think, I think we get too paralyzed by failure. No, embrace it. I, I think that's a beautiful quality is to be able to fail with like grace, yeah. you know, and be critical. Say, yeah, no, it wasn't my best or I can do better. And this is what I'm going to learn. And then I'm going to move forward. Yeah. And I feel like people want that. And I know you know this, right? As, as you build an organization, people want that humbleness in terms of, listen, like even this, you know, individual is going to fail, going to be open about their failure, but they're going to grow from it. And it gives them kind of that ability to put their guard down a little bit, say, no, I can fail too. And then I can grow too. Totally. You know, like, I feel like we all have to be human a little bit. Say, no, listen, like as we grow, as we change, there's going to be misery. There's going to be failure. There's going to be challenges, but that's okay. We can do this together. We're not robots. And we wonder why you have become a general manager <laughs> in such a short amount of time. It's amazing, man. And I think it's a, it's a great thing. How do you, how do you motivate and lead your team, especially you're probably younger than a lot of them, um, you know, in a, in a very important role. Um, and also like widespread, how do you motivate, um, other leaders in terms of like your managers in the, each individual branch, um, and then stemming them down to make sure their teams are motivated. I think, I, I think that can be, that can go so many different route, routes. I think, um, and you know, a lot of your guests have talked about, it, and I love that they're talking about it is mentorship. Mm -hmm. it, it feel like it doesn't get a lot of, uh, or sorry, not a lot of, it doesn't get enough credit. I feel like mentorship for whatever reason, but I, I'm glad that people are starting to voice it because I think mentorship is huge and not by, you know, 
giving direction. It's actually like in the weeds, get in the weeds with them, right? Get in the weeds with your staff, show them how to do it. I feel like that's a very inspiring way to lead. And I feel like that creates that, that kind of culture for, for them to replicate the behavior. And this creates a good environment. Yeah. Um, but I'd say besides that, which I think you can go down that road a lot. I think honestly, it's like, it's, it's building a winning culture and, and having these shared goals like getting everyone to rally around the same goal. And that goal is honestly to, 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 to achieve our goals, whatever those may be, they could be financial, they could be intellectual, they could be, you know, um, you know, um, whatever it may be. Right. It, and do, you, do you guys use KPIs like for like each different area? And like, is oh, that yeah. how you like push those goals? <laughs> You're like, Oh yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. No, we're very, no, we're cranes is laser focused on, uh, their goals and, and we make them very clear to understand and, and we're constantly obsessing over how do we meet our targets? But it's not just, you know, not just financial targets. I'm talking about different targets, whether it's strategy or whether it's, you know, IC or, or whatever the, the area of focus may be, we're lazy fo laser focused on getting there. So That's no, amazing. yeah, we're, it's very apparent. You know, I don't think, and I would say this to any business, like showing up and just doing, it's not a, it's not a long-term continuous d development or continuous growth strategy. You have to be intentional in terms of what you're doing. Right. And, and so, yeah, we're laser focused on that. So I think when I, when you ask like, how do you rally your big group of people, whatever, it's like, okay, firstly, how do we get the same goal? How yeah. do we have that common ground? Yeah. And then amongst the common ground, what are all the individual decision makers going to do to ensure we get there? Because mm -hmm. we're all going to do something a little bit different, right? But that's what makes a team is that we're all going to do something a little bit different. But as long as you know, when you come in, in the mornings, we're all looking to the same target. Then I think that's, that's half the battle. The, the rest of that I think is execution. Yeah. Wow. It's intense. Yeah, <laughs> it no, it's good. It's, no, it, it, you it know what? It's, it's, it's known where, you know, you can, you could be driving a Ferrari, but if you don't know where to go, you're driving in a circle. It's not fun. Um, and I think, you know, understanding, uh, you, you know, some goals we're, we're going through a program called EOS right now, uh, which is the entrepreneurial operating system. And when we built our business, it was, okay, how do we, how do we grow and, and, you know, support more people and, and be more involved? Um, you know, be the solution for more, yeah. more clients, right. And, and build more partnerships and, and grow our team and give more opportunity. And then it was like, okay, how do we, how do we make this structured, right? How do we structure this? So we found EOS, which is which we're going through right now, which has been an incredible journey, but yeah, to your point, it's how do we all get on the same path? Well, listen, let me ask you, like, how do you get your team on the same path? You create those goals, right? Create those goals and communication is key. Huge. And uh, and yeah, we're finding that there's massive importance to KPIs. And we do it for Huge. all different types of things. Huge. We do it for Google reviews. We do it for customer feedback. Um, you, you know, obviously financial ones are huge, but... For us, it's culture, employee retention. Love it. Um, and, yep. and then also, like, you know, we do community initiatives. So it's like, okay, every quarter we have a community initiative. Yeah. Which is it this time? Yeah. Uh, we just did something that was really interesting where we actually, you know, it was always my ideas that were coming out and then the team implementing them. Well, I switched the table a little bit and said, hey, wh what do you guys want to do? Yeah. And uh, we came up with an amazing, uh, we're doing a summer fun pack for kids. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah. And like, you know, that that's kind of what, what we do to kind of, you know, get everybody involved, but also it's not, it's not the Dan guest show. It's not, it's not just my goals. It's the team's goals. Um, and everybody gets an opportunity to speak. Everybody gets a voice. And I think that, you know, really drives culture. We've seen a massive improvement and in, in our team and its growth. And, and sometimes when you're 
in a management position, it can be hard to identify other needs. Um, but I got some great advice when I was a little bit younger that, to say, know who you are in your business because you can't mm. be everybody. True. Um, True. And, and that was from uh, from a local hero, Jason Cassis. And it was, he was he, he's amazing. And because I said, I, he owns a bunch of restaurants and a, and a golf course and he, he manages an incredible team. And I said, everyone's always so happy. Any, any restaurant I go to, mm-hmm. any facility, they're all happy. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. He goes, I have a culture person. Interesting. They're, they have a budget every month for culture. Yeah. And their goal is to know, you know, special events, send a bottle of wine on an anniversary, you know, make sure that we remember birthdays, that we celebrate things, that we, you know, support people if they need, whether it's yeah. a funeral or something like that. And I was like, fuck. And he goes, you know what, though? I'm not the culture guy. Yeah. Because I'm not in the weeds anymore. For sure. And I thought that was, first of all, brilliant. Yeah. Second of all, it was incredible that, you know, to your point, he was a mentor of mine. He still is. That he was willing to share. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. These aren't hidden gems that no one wants to talk about. Totally. No, I, I want to talk, like, you know, you touched on a good thing. So when you think of, like, when we talked about this before the show started, like, you know, any organization, you know, company, whatever it may be, big, small, it doesn't matter. What makes it up is the people. Yeah. Without the people, it doesn't matter. Like not, nothing else is, is, is relevant, really. It's, it's, it, do you have a strong core, yes or no? And then, you know, if you do, great, then you, you can look to build. And if you don't, then, it, then it's a challenge, right? So you have to do these different things to ensure that, you know, everyone feels like, you know, they come to work and they can make a difference. They can make an impact. They can grow. They can learn. They can, you know, they, like it's more than a just about like competitive pay and these things, right? It's, it's actually more about like, what do I get out of my job? What kind of satisfaction do I get in my job? Do I love what I do? Do I, do I get excited to get up in the mornings? And you have to do different things to, to encourage these people to do that. Right. And you kind of talked about this and, and we actually did something recently. We did a brainstorming session. I loved it. And just various people across the organizations, we got together obviously with COVID on, on kind of a zoom call. And we were just throwing ideas out. And it was awesome. Like different people across different organizations, different titles. And it was awesome to see everyone's opinion and input on, you know, uh, where we should improve or where we should focus. And, and I think that's awesome. Like, I think I'm sure everyone got off that call saying like, that was unique. That was something a little bit different in my day. And that got me excited to get up in the morning. Yeah. You know, it's like, so what are you doing a little bit differently that, that, you know, it it can, can, it's just a little bit of extra incentive to want to come to work. And it takes a, a consistent effort you know from all parties involved to to manifest that to happen right and that's where you know i love the fact that you know i would say crane is a you know corporate company it's a large company it's a nationwide company and and it would be easy to get lost and i think guys like you and it's one of the reasons you're on the show um is is a unique situation where you came up with something so you know you you spoke about a little bit but i stopped you because i wanted to make sure it got on the show so tell us about your awards that you just created that kind of, you know, hit home for a lot of, uh, a lot of your staff. And also how old is Crane? How, how long has the company been around? Crane, Crane's been around for a hundred plus years. Like we've been around forever. And like, I actually, our, our story is like so cool. So if you were to go back and kind of look at history, some of the things that we did, we, you know, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, um, instrumental to the business today. And we've been around so long. We've been around different eras, different markets, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a really cool story. 
Um, you know, but but in terms of obviously kind of where we are today, and 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 you know, it's an amazing company to work for. But I think just like and, and you understand this, this is a traditional space. It's a very traditional space. The plumbing, you know, mechanical contracting, you know, kind of construction space. It's traditional. So trying to do things a little bit outside the box that can kind of you know create a little bit more excitement. So you know, last year we kind of instituted some uh, crane supply awards, right? So we kind of created three awards. One was like sales excellence. The other one was cultural embodiment, and the other one was exemplary leadership and they went to three fascinating people and 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 their reactions were priceless you know and, and this, this this wasn't a monetary award this was not that this was a recognition award yeah and i i think to me you know that i, I think that really went a long way and like i had told you you know one of the individuals who's been unbelievable addition to crane um he won the cultural embodiment award and, and he was, you know, he was tearing up a little bit. Right. And, and that was such a beautiful thing to see, you know, it just shows you how much it meant to him, but also just for us as well saying like, wow, like this individual really cares about their job in this, this company. Yeah. And I think that's what I love most about crane is that, you know, you spend a week there and you're going to see the passion, like people care there. Like I'm not the only one. I'm sure you can see how passionate I am talking about it, but like yeah. it's shared across the organization. There's this like love of the business and, and, and we take it personal. You know, yeah. we really love what we do. We don't get up and say, Oh, I got, you know, we got another day's work. It's like, no, we're excited to get up and accomplish what we need to accomplish. Yeah. And so, yeah, that the, the Crane Awards have been cool, and I'm excited to see it build and, and grow. And, and um, yeah, so we'll see what who the 2021 awards are going to be. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, it takes, uh, it takes a certain person to come up and get, and get creative and think outside the box and, and say, okay, I'm not looking at a KPI today. I'm looking at how to make my team better. Yeah. How do we work together? How do we build a culture? And, and people talk about culture, and there's one thing to – to pay for culture and there's another thing to actually create it and sustain it. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's something that, it, you know, it's, it's like a plant. You got to make it grow. You got to water it all the time. You, you got to spend it. time on yeah. it. You got to spend time on it. And, it's, and it can be just as important as anything else. Like we talked about, you know, this individual that, you know, has been, has been significant to you. Like they had this, you know, culture person. And, and I think it's just like any other, you know, financial measurement that you're going to go towards. It's the same thing with culture. How do you create a, a, a team that, that wants to work together and wants to achieve these goals? And, and it, it, listen, there's a lot of trial and error. It's not perfect. It doesn't happen overnight. And, and, you know, Crane's got a mix of, you know, because we've been around so long, we have, you know, some fantastic long tenured people, but now we've mixed that with some youthful energy and it's been a really nice mix. And I think this has created this like really unique culture where, you know, some of those who are tenured and knowledgeable and, and, and have kind of seen it all are now kind of, um, getting excited by kind of the youthful energy that's coming yeah. through. And then the youthful energy is looking to them for guidance and, and mentorship and, and the know-how. And so it's really been like, and like, obviously me, I'm kind of sandwiched in the middle a little bit. So it's like, now it's funny. Now I'm like a veteran, you know, <laughs> you know, at 31 years old, I'm a veteran. Yeah. Right. But it's, uh, cause you know, I've hired many people. Right. And, and to see their growth is it, I, it's definitely the most rewarding thing I've, uh, I've done. That's amazing. What's, uh, what's one of the biggest challenges you find in your job? Um, I think right now, like, like, listen, there's a lot of things, but I think, um, I think this COVID, COVID um, economic environment is very challenging. It just is. Like, I think, you know, what, what's kind of taking place right now in terms of, like, we sell commodities, right? So the commodity world is, is, um, is uh, a little bit perplexing right now, right? And so trying to manage all the commodities, trying to manage all the inventory challenges and, and, and market challenges and, and pr rapid price inflation, et cetera. Like, these are things that have kind of, like, never really occurred in history. So trying to, like, pivot and learn on the fly is, is – like, it's funny, what you thought was a strategy yesterday is not a strategy today. Mm -hmm. And like, that's like, you got to train your mind. Say, okay, today I got to pivot. 
I got to understand that maybe what was relevant yesterday is not relevant today. And so this is really a challenging environment. But honestly, like we were talking about earlier, um, I love it because it, this is forcing you to learn. Like if yeah. you if you cannot open your eyes now and see, okay, like you got to understand how to do things differently, like very quickly, um, then, you know, you're going to be caught, you know, kind of, you know, standing you know behind, right? If that makes sense. Oh, you know, totally. You're going to be caught caught, you know, with your hands tied, right? So, you know, you got to learn to pivot. And I think this is definitely a, ch a challenging year, um, you know, that way. For sure. And I think like, you know, like you said before, it's, it's an interesting thing that, you know, looking at where's the opportunity. There is always opportunity. How do you find it? And, uh, and not just, you know, being a victim all the time. And especially as a, as a leader and a leader of a, a team and, and creating, you know, growth and a, and a positive mindset. It's like, you know, people are looking to you to be the rock right? You have to have it figured out. If you're crumbling, then they're going to crumble, totally. right? Like you got to, even if you have doubt, you got to understand how to, you have to somehow muster that and say, okay, no, we're going to find a way. We're going to will that way. And so, you know, I, I know you understand that and how paramount that is really, uh, yeah, you know, to, to set the right expectations and set, set, you know, how we're going to maneuver through these or the challenges, whatever it may be. So, and let's bring it back to the kind of, you know, I knew you grew up in Hamilton, um, playing at, playing at the rinks there. How do you equate, you know, growing up, being in a team environment? Um, cause you know, there's a lot of parents that watch the show and getting their kids involved in different things. And then, you know, kind of transferring that information to business, um, and also team and leadership. How do you think, you know, your youth and, you know, being involved in communities and stuff like that has really strengthened some of your, your, your strengths now? I think the one thing I, I don't think I was like, sub like like subconsciously thinking about it you know obviously when i was a you know a young young kid playing sports or you know hockey or whatever i played um but i think like what's relevant today and what i took away then is listen like everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses we're all a little bit different but it's it's making sure that you can put the like everyone in a position to succeed so like when me we were joking like i had rock hands right but i, I could fly i could skate put me on the wing you know throw me the puck let me skate in and dump it in but maybe that was my strength yeah. right then get it over to someone who can put it in the net it's it's the same thing in in in, in like in business it's like okay who's taking that flank down the wing and who's going to put it in the net yeah and understand and that's okay like we're all a little bit unique and i think a good leader understands okay this is where this person's strong let's put them in a position to succeed mm -hmm. right let's not put them in a position to fail yeah like no one wants like like listen i didn't want the puck you know with with 30 <laughs> seconds left like i wasn't gonna score don't give me the puck right but maybe someone else was calm cool collective and can bury it at the time it's the same thing in business so yeah. i think with me like i've really understood that kind of in my five years in this role that like, I want to put everyone in position to succeed and we're all a little bit unique. So like cater to their environment. Um, and, and also too, like when you're, when you're succeeding, you're also thriving, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you're confidence it up. You're liking what you're doing, your job satisfaction up. So who wouldn't want that? Like as, as an employer, why wouldn't you want that in your employees? Totally. So I think that would be like, like obviously there's teamwork and everything else, but I think that's the key thing. I like when I think of a coach, his job or her job is to put their people in a position to succeed. So I think that that would be the most impactful thing for me. It's amazing. What about for you? Yeah, de definitely the same. Like, I mean, you know, coming together as a team, uh, I find it is huge, but also like learning other people's emotions and what they had them tick. I mean, you always had that kid on the team that would snap. Yeah. Snap, <laughs> snap the other team. And, yeah. and, you know, so you, are you the guy that's trying to keep them down, trying to control them in, right? And uh, for me, it's you know, self-awareness to be aware of others. Um, maybe I'm not saying that right with the terminology, but like I find like, 
you know, in business, it's like, you know, those clients that you need to massage differently, yes. you know, those clients that you can joke around with, but you yes. need to be able to come, you know, when business is business, you got to be able to, you know, get serious and have those conversations. And I think, you know, building relationships is key, but deeper relationships is more. Well, it's about, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but I think like, it's not about being well liked. It's actually about being well respected. Yeah. And there's mm -hmm. fundamental differences in that. So like, you don't just want to be someone's buddy, buddy. You want them to value you and what you represent and what you can bring to the table. Totally. And so that's that like respect factor. That's like a little bit deeper. And in that, like, listen, you can have a little bit of a kerfuffle. You can have a little bit of disagreement, but there's that walk away factor that, you know what, I respect that individual and what they, you know, their information or, or their value. Yeah. And I think finding, finding key people to, to essentially partner with, cause that's what it is. That's what business is about. Um, to say, okay, I have a solution for this person's problem, which is, yeah. you know, listening properly to, okay, can I be an impact to this person's business? Yeah. Whether it's a supplier, whether it's a, you know, in sales, whether it's a service, it's okay. What is this? What do they need? Right. Say I, we do home builders or say we're, yeah. do, we're building a restaurant. Yeah. Right. They need our services, but what style do they want? Right. Right. Are we, do they already have a plumber? Are they already looking for an HR guy? Like, you know, how can we, if they're happy, that, let's keep them happy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's when can we be of service and when can we make an impact for them or where can we, you know, be a unique solution. And I think, uh, you know, when it comes down to sports and as a kid, it's, it's like, you know, you know what team you could go try out for and make an impact, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you know what level you're playing at most of the time. Mm -hmm. You're always trying to make that next level up. But if, if you're not ready, you're not there yet because you didn't prep. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You're going to triumph. Like, you know, I was... I was like, maybe, maybe <laughs> hub. Like, I didn't have the wheels to go play triples, right? So, you know, I, I don't think I've ever looked at it like that. But coming down to the, the question, I think is great. Um, and, and then reflecting is, hey, I want to be there, and especially in business. Hey, we want to get to that level. And, I, you know, for, for our industry, there's, there's levels that we, that we call it. There's a pyramid. And, you know, we're, we're climbing that thing as quick as we can, but we're climbing it properly. And I think, you know, just like you, it's, you're not going to sell – you know, some different style of, of materials just to get someone's business. You're going to sell what you know. You're going to sell what you're good at. Yeah, we were talking about this, like, you know, the thing with Crane, and I know you're going to know this just because of, of, of your experience in the industry and obviously working in the industry, you know, with guest plumbing. Um, you know, we're, we're strictly pipe valves and fittings. So where that's unique is that a lot of our... It's on the side of your trucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like pipe valves and fittings on our T-shirts. Yeah. Maybe more, yeah. more, more legible. But, you know, our, um, you know, the majority of obviously our competition base is also doing plumbing fixtures, right? So we've kind of, you know, removed ourselves from that equation. And I'll tell you, I think it's the best thing we ever decided to do. Yeah, right? streamline it. It's streamline. And I think it kind of goes back to just focus on what you're good at. And we don't try to pretend to be anything that we're not. Yeah. And, and I think that's good for the client and that's good for Crane. And so, yes, like within that bucket, yeah, we're differentiating. We're doing things a little bit, a little bit different, but we're not going to go try and do something that we know we're going to fail at. Or frankly, like we were, we're fifth to the party. Yeah. There's no point in doing that. If you're fifth to the party, just don't show up to the party. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's the same thing. With Unless us. you're the last guy and trying to get the date. <laughs> yeah. right? the, the guy the that comes yeah. in late the always wins. Yeah. The fashionably late, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, he's always taking the one home. Yeah. So too, too bad for me. I'm too punctual, right? I'm always there five <laughs> minutes early. He's there just so everybody knows he was here 20 minutes early. Yeah. <laughs> Waiting at the door. I am, I am like always overly early. I don't know if there's a term for that. Like that's not punctual. It's like. It's just, I don't know, it's, it's over the top. But anyways, I like to be... You I should like give to be, a speech to some of our staff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I obsess over punctuality, but uh, maybe that's just me. But yeah, I think, I think going back to, you know, you know, what we were kind of talking about, I think, I think every company, regardless of space, 
you know, I was actually just doing a, a, I was just reading a book on, and I know you read these books all the time, but it was on strategy. And one of the things I loved about this book or one, one section I loved about it was it kind of reiterates saying the best strategies all start from what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Right. And even just, if you think about that in your personal life, no, some people are, you know, they're in that kind of like, uh, you know, career confusion. They don't know what they want to do or they don't know where they want to go. The first thing I ask them is, well, what are you good at? Like, what are you good at? And, and if you know what you're good at, then, you know, maybe try that path. That was honestly the same thing I did a little bit. Like I always knew that I wanted to go into sales profession a lot because I knew it came a little bit natural to me. You know, my dad was, was an entrepreneur. My brother is in sales. Like, you know, a, a lot of my family were, were, you know, we're Italians, right? We're, we're talking to people. We love to communicate. Like this is, this is a, um, this is an environment that I, the voice, you know, enjoyed and thrived in mm-hmm. and, and then kind of taking it to an nth degree in terms of negotiation tactics. Like I love all this stuff. So I knew that this is where I wanted to go, but it all started from where I was strong. I didn't try to, you know, try to be an optometrist or something where like, I, I knew I wasn't that I, I had no strength there yeah. right? or no interest too, if that makes sense. Right. So, you know, I think that's a good place to start. And then to the next generation or the person that's coming up or just getting maybe two days on a Mac, not four days, <laughs> what advice would you give them? For those kind of just starting up in their careers? Yeah, starting up in their careers or thinking about entrepreneurship or getting into a, you know, a big corporate company and wants to climb the ladder but starting at the bottom. I, honestly, this it, it's cliche, but the funny thing is these things are all true, is, is um, you know, take the opportunities that are presented to you. You know, don't, don't be overly selective in the opportunities that are given to you. Like, look for an opportunity. Like, that's what I did. I looked for an opportunity and I, and I tried to capitalize on it. Do the same. If you see an opportunity, don't be too selective over it. Take it. Ride it. And, and see where, what comes of it. You know, I feel like sometimes we paralyze ourselves because we overthink. Just take it. Be that yes, you know, man or woman and, and run with it. You know, so I think that would be my adage is just don't overthink it. That's you know, amazing. Run with it. Right? I love that. And I think... Uh... You know, for a lot of people getting into business and, and they want this dream job or something like that. I mean, if you talk to a lot of different people in business and life, it's, it's, they never, th- I, I didn't think I'd be here. No, no. Right. And it, things evolve and, and things become, you know, unique and, and special. And I think that's phenomenal. Advice. I, I say this all the time and, and I think you'll understand this because like, I'm not going to say this in a bad way, but like the, the plumbing wholesale industry, it's, it's not like when you compare it to like the Amazons of the world or the apples of the world, it's a different like allure, right? Totally. And, and so what I usually say to a lot of, you know, the candidates or the people in my organization is listen, like there's nothing sexy about the pipe valves and fittings industry. <laughs> I will tell you that there's nothing sexy about this. Like weld fittings and flanges is, is not going to get you all excited. <laughs> right. But what's exciting is, is like for at least for crane is the way in which we think about the business, the yeah. way in which we think about wholesale distribution. And we make, you know, the, the kind of the, the fundamentals of selling, fun yeah and complicated and that's like it's a it's a thrill and so i think people understand that once they kind of get involved or even in the industry in general right because listen i never thought that i was going to be in the plumbing wholesale business i've said that right uh but now i'm so happy i'm here because i see how like how much fun it can be yeah and so i think people just like kind of going back to my point if i was that individual who's like oh i don't want to be in the plumbing business then i would have never got here yeah right like i think i just right like just be open-minded see an opportunity around that you'd be surprised what you're passionate in Right? Like you don't know what your passion until you get into it. So don't, don't be afraid. Say, yeah, I'm going to give it an opportunity. Hey, listen, it might not work out, but you don't know until you tried it. Just totally. give it a shot. Phenomenal. So guys, we're getting to the end of the podcast here. We, we want to always ask the same question, guys. Um, why not me? Why not now? And, and someone like Stefan, 
you know, it, it's just a picture of that. And, you know, taking an opportunity and going to the next level. And uh, we do this podcast for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is just to, to showcase greatness. And, and Stefan and, and his team just – they spew it. If you've never heard of Crane, please check him out. He's gonna, you know, we'll have all his links in the bio. Um, Stefan, thanks so much for being on the show. No, buddy, I appreciate you having me. You know, like I said, I'm a fan, and and it's cool to be here. It's cool to talk about this, and and you know, I love Crane. And I'm glad that um, you know we can give it a little bit of recognition. It's amazing. So, always ask yourself these questions, guys. Why not me? Why not now? Take that opportunity. Seek out that that mentor, and and, and take your life to the next level. So, if you can follow us, like us, give us a comment, give us a share. Um, the Guest Life Podcast. We're on all the different channels. Thanks so much, Stefan, for being no, on the show. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. My man.